I'm Diripek, and the last thing I prayed for was a sign. Hey, what an episode. I cried. I'll just say it now. I I got the chills. I teared up. I definitely didn't cry. Crying is not like a big thing for me, but chills and lights tearing up for sure. Okay. Yeah. There was just some precipitation in my eyeballs, but I wasn't full sobbing. sobbing. But if we kept going, I would have. I mean, this is like a new experience for, mm-hmm. for us like you guys are gonna fucking love it if not don't talk to me ever again i think we should abandon the entire concept of our podcast and just do one where we talk to dead people <laughs> all in favor of jessica and i starting a new podcast called we talk to dead people say i or, or leave us a comment <laughs> leave us a comment somewhere yeah, I mean, great up, great times, great life. Um, great afterlife. Great afterlife. <laughs> For some. For some. This is a chaotic energy I'm putting out right now. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Uh, oh, my, what? I thought I was having a chaotic day, but you seem more frazzled than I am. So I, I'm not even going to go there. Diddy back, Diddy. Like, oh my God, Diddy. I love Diddy. I want to marry her. I want to. Wow. I like her as a friend, but I don't know if it. I see the relationship going beyond that. But yeah, she is really cool. She's some really interesting ideas, abilities, and you'll find out when you keep listening. Just wait. Just you wait. Just you wait. Okay. Is that a song? I I don't think so. Hi there, we're JC and Jess, Woo. and this is Pray For Us, a podcast about practicing an ancient religion in the modern day. We're talking about how we observe Judaism and other religions when it comes to holidays, relationships, food, and everything in between. Today, we're talking to Diddy Beck. Diddy is a journalist, filmmaker, and psychic slash mystic. Welcome to the podcast. How do you guys know each other? We have a mutual friend. Okay, drop their name. What's the deal? Like, what are the details? Her name is Meredith Goldberg Morse. Oh, yes, Meredith. Okay. <laughs> and she is <laughs> iconic. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, she's a Virgo from um, Balotinwid. Did I say that right? Balotinwid. Oh, she's from, yeah, she's from the suburbs, the main line. But you guys went to USC together, and Meredith and I worked together my first job in LA. And that's how we all sort of... Copy that. Understood. Thank you, Meredith. Diddy, where are you right now, and where are you from? What's sort of your your origin? I am (laughs) (laughs) geographically speaking. I originated (laughs) near the equator, so I'm currently in Kingston, Jamaica. I'm in the quietest room in my house because there's a giant construction site beside (laughs) my house. Um, I've been living here for the past coming up to three years. I'm from here. I was born here. I grew up here. I am in the house that I like came of age as a teenager. But my mom is from here. She's mixed. Um, and my dad is a German man who turned up one day in 1979 and he just didn't leave. <laughs> and <laughs> that is how I am currently here. But I, I left to go to school in America when I was 16. I went to boarding school in Florida. That was an experience. 
And then I went to college and grad <laughs> school in Los Angeles. And that's where I met Jess. But I love California. <laughs> I'm trying to go back desperately anyway I can. But I had to move back. We need to get you a visa. Yeah, seriously. I, I had to move back in <laughs> uh, summer 2018 because my my student visa ran out. If it were up <sighs> to me, I would be I would be like fully <laughs> I would be in LA living my best life, but alas. Coconut Wi-Fi it is. One day soon. <laughs> <laughs> Whose decision was it to have you come to the States for school in the first place? Mm, gray area. Because in Jamaica, some people, it, it's not uncommon to leave after what is considered American 10th grade. Lots of people, if they have the means and the curiosity, lots of people do that. So it was in my mind. I had a different idea of where I would go to school. I thought I could go straight into art school because I was into fashion at the time. And previously into dance, I thought I was going to Juilliard, but injury had me on a different route. But then one day my parents were kind of just like, fill this out. And it was an application to boarding school. (laughs) I was like, what? (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) So I filled it out. But uh, that's how I turned up in Florida one day. So a gray area. They had we had the same plans of leaving. We just had different ideas of where that would be. Where you would go. go. Yeah. yeah. What what kind of dance were you training in? Ballet. Hardcore ballerina. I could tell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have a look. It was I love it so much. <laughs> I desperately want to do it again. What was your injury like plantar fasciitis? Oh no, that would have been nice. That would have been an easy fix. <laughs> I had um it was a double hip dislocation so I was it was it was a sub we had like a a very young very I don't want to say ignorant but ignorant sub sounds ignorant to me (laughs) yeah and you know like if you're in a room of like 15 year old ballerinas and everyone is super flexible nothing is gonna hurt so in a stretching exercise she just pushed my legs back too far and I just heard a pop and then my legs went numb and eventually the feeling came back but I could not walk (laughs) after that because it just hurt like the bones were intact but uh the hip had come out and come back in and it just ripped up everything around it so that was the uh the end to my professional dance career it's insane how ballet just absolutely destroys you. I know this is not a ballet podcast, but mm-hmm. my best friend from <laughs> high school was like a hardcore ballerina. She studied at Bolshoi in <gasps> Russia. What? Um, and she's like, her body's wow. so fucked up. She can like barely do anything anymore. Both she had like double foot surgery, hip surgery, knee surgery, like nuts. So rough. You see this? You see this right here? <laughs> yep. Did he showing us her feet right yeah. now? That's, that's a that's, that's a ballerina. Foot. That's a dancer's foot. That's, that's a point <laughs> shoe. That's a point <laughs> shoe foot. I oh my gosh! I had this inside joke with my ballerina friend. I would always show her my. I have like the worst arches of all time. I'd always be like, "Is this good?" <laughs> and she'd be like, "Yeah, it's great." <laughs> I can like barely point my foot. It's like the worst. <laughs> we do have to ask you. Because this is technically a podcast about religion and not ballet, unfortunately. Although that would be really interesting. What religion were you raised with? It's not Judaism. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. We're happy to talk about something else for once. So none. I didn't I didn't grow up with a religion. My mom was my mom is was 
uh, she's here today. Yay. <laughs> she's spiritual. She's not, she doesn't call herself a Christian, uh, but she's spiritual. She believes in a higher power. My dad is like completely agnostic. He doesn't like, he's, he's just a German doctor musician man living his life the best he can. <laughs> no religion from him either. But I had an aunt who would take me to church sometimes. It didn't resonate. Uh, religion, as I experienced it growing up in a, in a super religious place, it was negative to me. Like I had a very negative experience of religion in this very small mm-hmm. society, small country. So I didn't, I didn't like it. It made me feel like a whore, basically. And that wow. I was damned to hell because I... Yeah of my life experiences so no and I didn't have one but I had an awareness like even though I didn't have an official religion that I grew up with as a structure I always had like this sense that I was just a just like a piece of something and I usually didn't feel like I had a body I just like this was just me and then Mm -hmm. somewhere else I'm gesturing to the sky. There was also me. And I was just beaming in from something or somewhere. So to clarify, Jamaica is a Christian country, right? It is extremely Christian. There's a small Jewish population here, but the predominant religion is Christian. At one point, it was the country with the most churches per capita in the world. Really? Mm -hmm. That's wild. But that doesn't surprise me. It surprises me a little bit just thinking about Europe and when you go to like Italy and you physically see church after church after church after church. But I guess I don't, I mean, I'm not super well educated on like the landscape and the geography of Jamaica. I don't even know (laughs) how big it is, but in my mind, it's not that large. It's about Um, Rhode Island-ish. Yeah, exactly. So it's freaking tiny. Tiny. Did you guys celebrate Christmas or Easter or like, was there any like talk of like Jesus or any of that stuff when you were growing up? In my house, it was like, it was like secular Christian stuff. It's like we had Christmas and it was mainly like an excuse to get chocolate from Germany (laughs) from my dad. Um, (laughs) Same thing with Easter. He would like, when, when my half brother was growing up, he would go there all the time and then he would bring back a ton of chocolate every Easter, every Christmas. So those are Christian holidays, but I like it wasn't Easter was not a time when we were all as a family like, okay, and this is what happened and Jesus came back and all this stuff. Never. (laughs) (laughs) I want to unpack the whole dad Germany thing. What brought him to Jamaica? Do you know? I'm sure you do if he's your dad, but. um. (laughs) (laughs) So my dad, as the story has been told to me as legend over the years. Uh, My dad came to Jamaica on June 16, 1979, after knowing for his entire life that he did not want to be in a place that had snow. He wanted to be a lifeguard on the beach. Of course, he did not pursue a career as a lifeguard on the beach. He was an orthodontist. Like, he was was a trained orthodontist. Um, He's guarding teeth. Yes. With his life. Yes, exactly. And he was a musician for most of his life. So I call him an orthodontist musician. But 
he just always liked the warmth and the sunshine and he hated winter. So he left. He wrote a letter. He wrote a letter. This is 1970. These are the 1970s. He wrote a letter to like three different countries. Who does that? Who writes a letter to a country? But he just like, I think the countries were Jamaica, Belize and Brazil. And I think Jamaica wrote him back first. And he was like, these people are so nice. They're being so nice to me. So he just turned up. He just turned up with his girlfriend and then just like didn't leave. <laughs> That's an exaggeration. And his girlfriend was, was not your mom. No, he had a different girlfriend at the time. But they turned up. They made a life. Um, maybe like two years into it, they had a son. That's my half-brother. And soon after that, she they broke up. She went back to Germany and took my brother, my half-brother with her. But he stayed. And for however many years, I think it could have been 10 years, 12, he spent three weeks in Jamaica, one week in Germany every month. So he was very, very much in both places, but mostly Jamaica because this is where his work was. This is where his new life was. But that's the story. Then eventually he met my mom. And here I am. (laughs) (laughs) One time you were at my birthday party in Los Angeles. And you told one of the other guests at the birthday party that you were from Jamaica. And she asked if you were Rastafarian. Or she just assumed that you were Rastafarian. Who, who did that? I cannot say. You can edit it out. I need to know. Okay. All right. So <clears throat> it was 2017. And <laughs> Jessica had just turned 25. And we were all at Spartino. <laughs> In Los Angeles. Love Spartina. Shout out to Spartina. Oh, you guys make some Sport good local food. restaurants. Yeah, I hope to be back. <laughs> I hope to be back as an Angelina resident one day. Um, but we were at Spartino. <laughs> Jessica was wearing a beautiful floral dress with check-on fans. And I was wearing... Um, Great memory. I know, freakish, freakish. Um, and I was wearing not that. But I had been placed on this long <laughs> table and my usual dinner partner in any situation is our friend, is our mutual friend, Meredith. Meredith was not there yet. So I situated myself at the table and ended up beside this um, person who was also at the dinner. <laughs> and of course, you make conversation and, you know, she hears my accent and she's like, oh, where are you from? I'm like, Jamaica. And it's usually a thing when I when I'm not in Jamaica and I tell people I'm from there, it's usually a thing. So I am prepared, but I was not prepared <laughs> for this <laughs> next part. She was she like leans into the table and she's like, oh, are you and your family's Rastafarian? And I'm like, only culturally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's. Oh my God. At that point, like I knew I was, yeah, it was, it was just like a different situation. So I, like I played with her a little bit and I'm like, yeah, we celebrate all the big Rastafarian holidays, you know, like 420 and just the other one. <laughs> and she was like, she was just along for the ride. She totally believed me. Maybe that was like kind of an asshole move on my part. But like at that point, I was like, I have the right to do this. <laughs> I don't know much about it. Same. I know, like, Bob Marley was really into it, but also, like, <laughs> I don't think, like, it had, like, the legs to become, like, the official religion of the island. So, I can't speak to it. I don't think And I don't did. expect you to either. <laughs> I thought that was so funny, though. I was like, let's not assume anyone's religion in any scenario. You truly <laughs> never know. <laughs> Just, That's for Oh, sure. my God. 
Yeah, I was I was more amused than I was offended. You know, you know, it comes from a place of like genuine curiosity and just mm-hmm. plain accidental ignorance. And <laughs> it is what it is. But why we really wanted to have you on the show, what we really wanted to talk to you about are your higher powers, your spirituality, your relationship with other realms, if you will. Can you tell us how that started and how you would categorize yourself and if you would categorize yourself at all? Up until recently, I categorized, I guess you could call it myself, as a psychic because I did not know any other word to use. But basically, to me, that means that I am extremely naturally intuitive and I've developed it to a certain point and I continue to pursue developing it. And I am able to tap into my own uh, realm of unseen stuff. And I'm sometimes able to tap into other people's by various means. And that could be, it could just pop into my head. I could be in the same space as them and I could feel something. Or I could use a tool like tarot cards and pull and then those will set the antennas off. I call I call them the antennas because, you know. That's how you pick up on stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's that's what that's what it means to me. The first time I became aware of this, I don't think there was ever a certain point when I can pinpoint that I became aware that I could feel other things. It was just kind of always part of my existence. Like like I'd mentioned earlier, it's I never felt like, you know, it's just me as a human on earth. I'm like, this is it, this is all there is. It always felt like I was just like a, a little piece of something that I couldn't see. And they were kind of the same thing to me. Like the unseen stuff was more or less the same as the seen stuff, except the difference there is that only half of it, or maybe like only a fraction of it, I could see the same things as other people, and then the rest of it. It was just me, <laughs> whatever else was there. I always had, I'm using air quotes, psychic episodes when I was growing up. Incidents where just really uncanny things would happen or maybe like I'd feel something, see something, dream something, hair, taste, smell something. And it would be like I was seeing, I was experiencing something unseen. It was like a, an, an um, intuitive thing. And that was always, that was just my whole upbringing but you know this being a hyper-religious country this being Jamaica it's not something I advertised (laughs) so (laughs) because uh it's not you know it's not particularly accepted here I mean this is so wild to me I love hearing about like higher power and like you know mediums and psychics and what have you and do you, do you have any like specific memories or specific examples of like a time where you were able to create that feeling or grasp that feeling? Like what you were just talking about, just like to contextualize more of like some instances that you've had. Give me a genre because there are so many. <laughs> and I, I that's an actual request. I give me any kind of genre and I will pick a moment in that genre. Like you were saying like hair, smell, taste. What does that mean exactly? Like, does something like you suddenly like taste something in your mouth and you're like, oh, this means something or and like it's drawing up a memory or. I mean, these feel like minor things, but I guess they'll just lead me where we need to go. But um, when I when I think of taste, sometimes I would taste 
like I will, I can smell blood and I can taste blood, even though I'm not, I'm not bleeding or anything, but like I smell it and I know that somebody's hurt. It could be really big or it could be really small, but like that's something that's come up very recently. It hasn't always been that way, but like I, I noticed it, it came up from like the beginning of the year. I can smell it, taste it. And usually someone is injured. <laughs> someone close to me is injured. But other times, another another uh, really common thing for me is to smell something. Usually smoke. Smoke is super common. Um, I, I'll smell smoke and then my sinuses will flare up. You know, of course, there is never any smoke around uh, at these times. But uh, what I now interpret that to mean is that somebody's visiting me, like someone I know is visiting me. Because then, uh, like... Like a ghost? Somebody, like, usually, I think of them as spirits. I know a lot of spirits. Okay. Um, some of them in real life and some of them I've never met in real life, but, like, they feel familiar. It's like, oh, it's this spirit. They're coming back to say hi or, you know, whatever. That's what I've noticed. That's how they turn up. They, I'll, I'll smell smoke or smell something that could be maybe smoke and then my sinuses will, like, kind of flare up and then I will get, like, I'm using air quotes because I don't really know what other words to use. The memory of someone or like the thought of somebody will come into my head. Can you harness specific people? Like if you want to go back to one specific spirit, are you able to like contact them? Like I just, I don't want to sound like a big dummy, but like how the (laughs) fuck does that work? (laughs) Yes. I mean, of course, I'm like saying all this as if it's, it, none of this is objective at all. I found that in the years I have let myself explore all of this, there are a thousand different ways that you could have this same experience. And I should put that as a disclaimer. This is very uniquely my experience. This is not like the way, capital no, T and W. But um, the way that I have, to, I've, I've done that before um, in the context of I'm seeking help, I'm seeking guidance, I'm seeking support of some kind. Or... I miss you. <laughs> what are you doing? It's the way that I've done that before is I will like I will be in a quiet place and I'll be usually by myself and I might like I'll say their name out loud like in real life I will say their name and I will ask them is it okay if we if we talk or is it okay if I contact you? And then I will wait, like observing from the outside, this does not look like anything. It looks like me talking to myself, but like, it's all internal. That's sort of what praying is anyway. (laughs) It's just you talking to yourself and hoping that God or something or someone is listening. There you go. Exactly. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) air quotes. Take that, Christian Jamaicans. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's like I'll, I'll, my eyes are usually closed and like I will, I will, I'll, I'll ask them, is it okay if we chat? Is it okay if I ask you some questions? And then I will close my eyes and be silent for a while and I'll wait for a response. And of course, it's never like a, a voice from the sky that says, yes, ask me anything. But it's usually like, it like feels happy or like if it's, I've run into like a no before and that's not like a no, but it's more like a, a, a brick wall. It feels like a brick wall. So mm-hmm. um, that is, that's how I've done it in the past. And when I get the go ahead or what I interpret to be the go ahead, I will ask questions like, how do I, like, what do you think the best approach to A, B and C is? 
and then I'll wait for it. And then it usually just feels like a thought that occurred. And then there was this one particular time, not one particular, this happens all the time, but like there was a particularly amusing time when <laughs> I was like, it was the first time I'd like reached out to a quote unquote celebrity and it was Hattie McDaniel <laughs> was like, who was this, um, she's an African-American actress in the 1920s. She was, um, she was, oh, what was the name of the maid in Gone with the Wind? I forgot her name, but she played the maid in Gone with the Wind. So she's oh, like, wow. she's, she's like from a different era entirely, but she was such an accomplished woman and it was right before I shot my first film and I was terrified, overwhelmed, miserable, felt like I had no idea what I was doing. And I'm, and of course, this always happens. Like, for some reason, oh, I just watched Hollywood, Ryan Murphy's Hollywood on Netflix. And of course, Queen Latifah was playing Hattie McDonough. I'm like, who is this lady? So I Google her and of course, I find her on her death day. And I'm like, well, I guess today's a good day to do this. Uh, so I sat down and I was like... You mean like the day you researched or you looked her up was it also was the day, the day she, she died? died. Yeah. yeah, that happens to me all the time. I find people on their death day and their birthday every single time. Whoa, that's weird. Yeah, well, it's normal now. But like at the first couple of times, I was like, <laughs> what? But I sit down that day and I was... I, I reached out to her. I'm like, um, I'm calling respectfully upon the spirit of Hattie McDaniel. Is it okay if we chat? <laughs> <laughs> is it cool like can we can we do this you up <laughs> wanna hang oh my god what are you doing but like and and like I like immediately it was like bursting onto the scene she was like busting on in there she's like yeah baby I'm here and I was like oh <laughs> okay let's do this do you hear her voice in your head I, it's hard to say because I have not, like, the only voice I've ever heard from her is Gone with the Wind, which, of course, she put on, you know? Uh, so I don't know if the mm. voice I'm hearing is her voice. It's not her Gone with the Wind voice. It's, it's like, a different one, but I heard it, you know? Like, it's not, like, the way I hear this, but I hear it in my head very clearly. Like, it was so clear. And I was like, uh, uh, okay, uh, um, okay, um, uh... <laughs> And I stumbled. I was like, I was starstruck. I was like, oh my God, I'm this. Um, but uh, I think eventually I managed to ask her something like, the context is I'd gone through two actresses for the lead part. I was freaking out and I was thinking, oh my God, am I going to have to play the lead in this thing? Because I'm the only one who knows the lines at this point. Um, so I asked her, is it a good idea for me to play the lead in my very first movie? Like... Is it kind of a bad idea? <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> you ain't worse than nobody. Really? Yeah. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, that's all. That's all it was. And then like, I, <laughs> I was just trying to process it. And then it like, it occurred to me like, am I just making this all up? Because this was like so clear. And it was such a, it was such a thrilling and valuable and like, it was so meaningful to me. I, I was like, am I making this whole thing up? Am I truly going insane? Like what? what's my imagination oh my is banging God. to begin with. But like, am I making this up? And then I'm, <laughs> and then I sat there in the chair with my eyes closed. I'm like, 
Thank you, Hattie McDaniel. If it's you, could you please just give me a sign? And at that exact moment, like a lizard fell from the ceiling and just like splatted on my bedside table and knocked over. Like it, it was, it was just like this this box I had on my night side, my bedside table. But it splatted on there and it just knocked it over. And I'm like, that will do. That's the sign. That that will do. So I thanked her and I left. And then the next day, I was in therapy and I'm like, <clears throat> Jenny. <laughs> this thing happened and then I told her about it I'm like is it it's the first time I tried doing this thing and like with with a person like this who I don't have any kind of connection to and they're like kind of famous and like I got I think I talked to Hattie McDaniel yesterday and at that moment like something knocked over behind me and I'm like I think that's her now actually but yeah, that's uh, I forgot the original question. I think it was, how do you connect to people? That's how I do it. Holy shit. Do people, I mean, so people who know that you have this ability, do they always come to you and they're like, can you reach my grandpa? No, I've actually never read for someone else. I've only ever done this personally with myself, only because it freaks me out to, um, like the concept of being a medium is still... It's really overwhelming to me, only because these are people's lives. These are people's personal connections with their, like, loved ones. And that's, like, a huge, it's a huge responsibility to be the mediator between them and the person they're trying to reach who has been meaningful enough to contact me to do this in the first place. I have never done it professionally I've never done it with anybody else it's just been me alone in a room by myself I think that's really smart because I know a lot of friends and cousins and my mom included people who have gone to mediums and the things that were told to them really do like have the capacity to change the course of someone's life And for instance, like my mom went to a psychic when I was probably in like fifth grade. I'm sure my mom will call me after this airs and be like, you were in eighth grade, but whatever. (laughs) My mom does that too. The psychic or medium told her that I was going to move to the West Coast. And I always had that in the back of my mind. And then I moved there and I was like, the psychic knew. But I'm like, maybe it was because I heard that the psychic said that, that I felt like I had to, you know, <laughs> and little things like that, I feel like happen all the time. And it's a huge, huge responsibility to tell someone what either someone who has passed is saying or what their future is going to be like, like that's, that's a lot. <laughs> it's such a huge responsibility. And especially when people are in a vulnerable position and I'm considering being grieving or, just missing somebody you really love. That's a vulnerable position to be in. And it's a lot of power to hold. And also, anybody can do this. The reason that it's it's like, quote unquote, normal to me is because like, I was, I was like, like, this has been my thing from the time I was born and probably like all the lifetimes before this one. But like, anybody can learn to do this. Everybody has a different filter. So the way spirit or people who I know who are now spirits talk to me it's not it's probably not going to be the same way they talk to anybody else so anybody can do this and I would say to anybody seeking a medium or anybody who is considering a medium try talking to this person or this spirit person yourself first or just ask them to tell you how is it that you communicate with me or is there anything I should 
like look out for and see what comes up because it's not the same for any two people, really. It seems like everyone pretty much, or not everyone, but most people agree all humans are born with like the same ability to potentially like tap into another realm or talk to people who have already lived. But I think certain people are more intuitive and more in touch with their surroundings and what's going on in their mind. And they can sense things that other people aren't picking up on. So I think it just kind of comes down to being more mindful and also like having an open mind and wanting yeah. to like believe that it's possible. Yes, that's a huge thing because you can't see what you don't want to see. <laughs> mm -hmm. You can't like the human brain is phenomenal and it can really put up barriers to me, it's kind of the same concept of forgetting a traumatic incident as a way of self-preservation. I think it's kind of the same thing with feeling into the unseen world. That's a huge umbrella term that I use because it, it's a lot of stuff. But people, sometimes the unseen world is terrifying, you know, because you can't see it. And as mm -hmm. humans, that can be really jarring. But I think it does come down to mindfulness because... If you are terrified of something that you can't see, your brain is going to shut off and not be able to, you know, reach that thing. But if you are, if you're curious about it or like maybe you open the door to it, it will slowly come in. Like my teacher, I have one main metaphysical uh, magic tarot teacher, Naha Armady at 22 Teachings. There were some times <laughs> when I've emailed her, but like the first time I emailed her after this wild thing happened to me. She said, I will say, once you open the door to the magic, the magic will always find you. It never closes. And that has proven very true. I think it applies to I this. goosebumps. Yeah. I, I just love like conversations like this. I love, I always ask people like if they have any spirit stories or like supernatural, for lack of a better word, stories. And like, I just love hearing people's experiences. Same. Oh my God. I love it so much because like, it's, it's so fun to hear the nuance to every story because everyone's experience is different, but there's always this common thread. There are always like little nuggets of commonality and it's so fascinating. I love it so much. Oh my God. I was going to ask you if you have any stories. I'm the type of person who gets really scared by ghosts or spirits. So I'm trying to like block all of that out. So anytime something happens, like a door opens or I hear a weird noise or I get a weird feeling, I always try and justify it in some sort of logical way because I don't really want, I, I'm not really interested in the unseen world. Like at this point in my life, I don't really need anything from it. So I'm not going there, but I, I get it. And like, I'm sure that I've had experiences that I just chose not to acknowledge. What about you, JC? Uh, yeah, I've had, I mean, what I would consider to be a, a few. There's just, there's one, there was one time in particular that it was like truly wild. And it must have been 2004, 2005, something like that. My family and I had just moved into a new house and there was nothing in the house. I'm like making this, it, it's a long story, long story short. Um, there was nothing in the house. We had just moved in. Like there were boxes everywhere, but like we were getting all new furniture. Like there was basically um, nothing but wood and ceiling. And my mom lost her engagement ring. And she was like looking all over the house for it and like freaking out. And it was truly nowhere. Like we all were looking for it. And there was also nowhere to look because like there was, there was no stuff. Um, mm -hmm. And she's, you know, started to have like a true mental breakdown about it. Like it's her engagement ring. 
and she was standing in the middle of her empty room, nothing around. And she just like literally like sat down and started crying because there was nothing left to do. And the ring fell straight from the ceiling into her lap. And I was there. I saw it with my own eyes. And oh my God. It was fucking crazy. Oh, I that like I don't we don't know who it was like I, I mean it's crazy like other things like that have happened and my mom um had a son who didn't make it like my brother died like the day he was born and like sometimes things will like happen on his birthday like I remember it was like April his birthday's in April and what on his like 12th birthday the TV turned on by itself and it was to PBS and like no one in the house was watching PBS. It was like Clifford the Big Red Dog or something. Oh. And we were like, I mean, that's him. So like stuff like that. It's like. Do you remember what day in April? April 12th was his birthday. Shut the fuck up. Wait, why? <laughs> For about three years, I have been keenly aware of the date <laughs> April 12th. And I'm like, okay, all right. <laughs> really? But, like, that's yeah, like, crazy. Well, it's because that's my that's my midheaven. My midheaven is 22 degrees of Aries. And when I calculate it, 22 degrees of Aries is April 12th. That's the day of April 12th. So I've always known that like, all right, so my, my MOO in this lifetime, the thing that drives me is the file that comes with April 12th. And usually in astrology, like when you have, when you meet somebody, who has the birthday of your midheaven, that person could is like the, that person is super helpful, like game-changing, life-changing, helpful to your career. And, you know, it has orbs, like I think like a three-degree orb is like April 10 to 16 could be my sphere of helpful people, instrumental people in my career, but like April 12 is the day. So that is, that's a date I have had it, like right here in my brain for years. What are the I, I, shit like that? It blows my mind. Like I, that's wild. That's so crazy. Weirdly enough, April is the month where like everyone in my family dies. I don't know if that's a thing. Really? Yeah. Yeah. March is more like the end of the Zodiac. It's like a time for the death of the Zodiac and it symbolizes the death of like it's a prime season for for transitioning realms, if you will. So a lot of people die in March. Is that what you're saying? Not like as a general rule, but like I think it has a lot to do with birth chart. It's just like a a Mm -hmm. tendency for like very large life changing things to Mm -hmm. happen where you would either be spiritually (laughs) reborn or sometimes like. It's it's a thing. It's a whole well, thing that deserves an entire podcast that I can't get into now. But yeah, it's a thing. Yeah, there's so many elements to all of this. Like you've been talking about astrology and I feel like people are getting super into astrology now, millennials and Gen Zers. Obviously, it's been around forever, but like I think astrology is really tied to all of this and like trying to like make sense of how everything is organized or connects like do you when it comes to astrology that's just something that you like anyone can study and like everything sort of charted out with the stars right yeah you can study astrology and i think it's a it's a fantastic tool in my opinion because there's like 
all the people in all the generations of existence have had some connection to the stars. And there's so much, there's so much study behind it. There's so much nuance to it. Even if you're not intuitive, it's a great tool because there is some, some kind of reference point, some, some degree of measure that you can refer to and it can be helpful. Astrology is more successful in the mainstream because it's more, there's more, I guess you could call it proof to it. I am very fascinated by it. I'm not knowledgeable at all. Like I know I'm Scorpio and that's about where I draw the line. <laughs> so I'm fucking crazy. Um, but <laughs> something that I learned about recently that I'm getting exceedingly anxious about is Saturn return, which oh, is this real? Like what's the deal? Oh yes. It's very real. <laughs> But yeah, your Saturn Look return at me, is like, like I knew it. <laughs> no, as a Scorpio, you've naturally got that, JC. Do not underestimate it. My moon's oh, yeah. in Scorpio, so I think my moon is also Scorpio. I think I'm like Ooh. Scorpio, Scorpio. Oh my god! I'm a double Cancer. Yeah, yes, you Look are. Us. We're two extremes. Well, I, I mean, I wouldn't call it extreme. I would just call it more archetypal, uh, which has its beauties. I'm a combination of you guys and me because my sun is in Pisces, my moon is in Scorpio, and my rising sign is Cancer. So there you go. But yeah, so Saturn return is basically like the layman's version of this is when universe calls bullshit on every single thing that you have been like dicking around about. You are not the same person you were at the start of it as you will be on the other side of it. So depending on where Saturn is in your chart, like what house, that is the area that is most appalled or the upheaval is the most. It's usually extremely chaotic. And, you know, there's good chaos, there's bad chaos. And I think there is neutral chaos. It depends where it is in your chart. But the next two and a half years, you will be a different person. Hopefully you will be a better person if you go along with it. Like it becomes a Saturn return. Yeah. Saturn return becomes an issue and a nightmare when you do not accept the changes that you are very Mm -hmm. clearly being presented with, you know? So as long as you go with the rival, you're... you're Because I I initially thought that my Saturn return was happening last year, but then I like put it into a calculator and it told me this year. So... I guess I it mean, like starts, I don't know, November it was. or so. No, yeah. you were. You it's did. usually your yeah. late 20s, right? Mm-hmm. Well, or, it, yeah, okay. it's it's your late 20s for everybody. Everybody's start date is different. It depends where Saturn is in your chart. So we all, yeah. JC, you're 92, right? I'm 92, yeah. How'd yeah. you know that? Well, <laughs> <laughs> the psychic. No, I, I assumed. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, November ninety two. Cool. What November when? Twentieth. So I'm like cuspy, but I'm. Ooh, that's fun. Sagittarians are so much fun. We all have Saturn in in Aquarius, so like we will be different ages when it happens. But everybody with Saturn in Aquarius starts and ends Saturn return same days but it did go into sad it did go into aquarius last year but then it retrograded back into capricorn for a while and it like properly began began in december of last year yeah. so we're we're thriving we're going with it it's all good i wouldn't Let say we happen. were we weren't I, I wouldn't call it thriving it's more like we are we are surrendering 
to the sometimes brutal <laughs> master of Saturn. <laughs> what kind of like pisses me off or what I think is sort of funny at the same time is that people are so quick to dismiss all of this, but they're so open to religion in the traditional sense, Christianity, Catholicism, Islam, Judaism. And it's like, how is that any different than being able to talk to dead people or see the future or or anything like that? Like, oh my God. we're all sort of just like going with it and wanting to believe and hoping that that will get us through or give us meaning and guidance to our lives. Like, what do you, how do you feel about that? Jeez, every, uh, I feel like it's an ongoing process of learning and forming and synthesizing all this information. But like the short version of this is that I think religion is more widely accepted because it was kind of like, some people like it's it's very organic for some people but like way back like centuries back it was imposed on a lot of people as a means of control you know um mm-hmm. so if uh, like a large portion of the world probably wouldn't be christian unless these historical events had not happened and they would probably maybe still be somewhat associated with the religions if any that they were practicing at the time for me it's like it's funny because like even I anytime like I bring up astrology I measure like I read the room before I do you know even though it's it's been a great tool for me I take everything with a grain of salt because I take everything with a grain of salt but um (laughs) just my my trepidation in just confidently owning that I believe in it is I think that's testament enough that I'm, I'm still working through that in, in the cultural context, but I do think that just like straight up, I think people were afraid of people being powerful or, or just like knowing how powerful they were themselves. Like people mm-hmm. really wanted a means to control other people. And so they imposed by any means necessary certain kinds of structures. Inherently, maybe those structures had their benefit. But like when you impose it on a whole set of people to get power over them, it like the, the energy behind it shifts. I'm thinking of Salem witches specifically. R.I.P. to all the witches burned at the stake. That was (laughs) fucked up. (laughs) But didn't that not actually happen? Like, what did I just read that contradicted, like, everything we learned in school? Oh, I thought it happened. That sounds like a new concept of (laughs) recent information contradicting everything we've all learned in school. (laughs) I don't remember what I read, so I'm just spewing incorrect info now. But I read something that like, it didn't happen the way that we learned it. I mean, obviously, no shit. Nothing happened the way that we learned it in school yeah. if you were in the American education system. But, okay, pointless. Continue. I'm sure there are some variations of the truth, but those people were, those women were probably, like, looked down upon at the very least. We've already established that I get really scared of ghosts and dead people. Do you ever get scared? Yes. Yes, I do. I haven't. I haven't publicly talked about this. So this is an exclusive. Yes, there are times I have been terrified. Oh, my God. And it's when I don't know them. It's when I don't know the ghost I'm with. If I know them, they will feel warm and comforting. Like, you can tell when you know a ghost, you know? Or or more often than not, it's oh, yeah. a spirit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, more often than not, it's just like a spirit you feel and not one you see. But when I see, Jesus Christ, when I see them, it's like always like a jolt. Last summer on my film set, my Films, my very first film. Oh my God. 
I was, so the story was, a sh- the, it's a short film called High Strangeness. It's debuting eventually. I don't know when, probably in May. But Exciting. it's a story, yeah. <laughs> it's a story about a psychic girl who lives with her ancestral ghosts. And I was filming in this house that was 400, if not 300 years old. It was an old plantation house. It was perfect. The woman who grew up in that house, she still owns it. She has a ton of her own stories. But like, I just went in knowing that like, this is inhabited by all kinds of beings, you know, Um, that's pretty standard in my life. So I go in and I introduce myself. I'm like, hi, I'm Diddy. I hope it's okay, but I'm going to make some art here. We're going to film a movie. Just so you know, this is me. I live next door. It's fun. Introduce yourself. I'm did you know, like you can be here. Just like, we're <laughs> what's gonna... your favorite color? <laughs> Just so you know, I'm going to be here on and off for the next three weeks. I hope I'm not disturbing your space so much. Thank you so much for letting me be in your space with you. Just like trying to establish a good bond with these things. We have four-ish days of rehearsal And each day my actors would come and go. And at the end of the day or at the end of the session, it would be me and the housekeeper slash woman who takes care of the grounds. She would lock up after me. But there was one. Okay, so the first time it was like (laughs) I was there and like I, I went into like this little vestibule area beside the staircase and like. I could just feel that somebody was like looking into the door and then just ran away. And I'm like, hi. It felt like a kid and it felt like they were hiding. Like they were just like shy, you know, they were kind of like poking their head around. I didn't see this. It felt like a girl. It felt like a young girl. And I, I didn't see her, but like I felt like she was like very curious being like, what's going on in here? I'm like, I told you yesterday what's going on in here. Like, But the time it scared the shit out of me was maybe two days before filming and I was there and the owner of the house she lives in Florida so she had texted me and she was like hey we're redoing the bathroom upstairs and the contractor needs to see the size of the the pipes in the in the shower or something could you take a picture of it and send to me so I can give it to him I'm like yeah no problem so once my actors left um and Sharon the housekeeper was downstairs I went upstairs to the master bedroom this is an old house. It is falling apart at the seams. Like literally, if you go to the corners of the house, you can see the woods at the corner of the house splitting apart. It's an old ass house. But I walk down the hallway. All the doors are closed. I go to the end of the hall. I open the door to the master bedroom. I go in. I take the pictures I need to. I left the door to the master bedroom open. And then when I'm coming out of the master bedroom, this was, this was like sunset time. I come out. And somebody's looking at me. Like somebody is poking their head in, looking at me. It was a tall man. And it was just a second that I saw him and then he turned into a shadow. Like when I say shadow, it looked like, you know, when you stare at the sun too long or maybe like a light bulb and then you see that kind of sunspot. That's that's what it looked like. It's like the air quotes shadow. It was it was. I see those all the time, by the way. Well, that's. (laughs) That's another conversation. <laughs> I will validate that experience for you, JC, real quick. But I see that it, it's the form of a man. And as soon as I see him and, I, and I'm and i like, oh, I, I, I like freeze because like it got kind of cold. And then he backed out of the room. He backed out of the doorway and he went down the hallway. I saw his shadow pass that little, that little crease where the hinges are in the doorway, I saw him go down 
and like exit toward the staircase. And I'm like, Sharon, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm going. <home>. Good luck, Sharon. <laughs> and then I like come out. I'm like, oh god, oh god, okay, because I didn't know him. I, I, that is not someone I felt in any of the previous days. And like, I saw this person, and and like, I, I left. I close the door and like I turn around on every single door in the hallway is open now. And I like, I was like, was Sharon up here? Like that's a possibility. Like at this point, I'm like trying to rationalize it because I'm like scared. Like I am, I'm freaked out because somebody was just like asking me what the hell I was doing in his house. But I walk down, <laughs> I run, I run down the hallway and I go, <laughs> I go downstairs and I'm calling for Sharon. Sharon is not there. Sharon cannot hear me. So like I run outside. <laughs> I run outside. I'm like screaming for Sharon. And she's like outside in the yard at the very boundary of the property. Like she was not even in the house when this happened. Um, And I was like, Sharon. Had she ever had any experiences with any spirits in the house? No. I asked her. I'm like, Sharon, you ever ever meet anybody in this house yet? And she's like, no, somebody here. I could have never take it. Ma, I couldn't take it. And I'm like. You know, I feel that. I feel that. <laughs> I, I completely understand. They waited until Sharon was gone to present themselves to you, obviously. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yes. Sharon's heart could not take it if she saw them. So she just did not see them. But the owner of the house and many other people have had many, many experiences uh, over the years. So, it, like, this was a very well-known inhabited house. But that's the most recent that's a lie. That's not the most recent time. But that's like a vivid time that I was afraid. I was scared <laughs> of seeing and feeling somebody. That sounds terrifying. I would have shit my pants. Yes. Um, I wouldn't. I would not have shit my pants, but I would have been very afraid. Absolutely. I was in a bathroom, so it would have been convenient. But like, luckily, I managed to, <laughs> to contain everything. <laughs> that's good. You also read tarot cards. How does that work? What's the deal with those? They're very popular. They seem cool. They are very popular. Um, so I read tarot. I actually just recently closed my my doors to the public. Um, but I still read them for myself. It is a divination tool, meaning just the deck by itself alone on a table has no meaning. You, as the as the vessel for a spirit, you give it meaning. It's a medium that you give the unseen world to communicate with you. Just like intuition, there is no wrong way to read it. Everyone has their own ways and interpretations of, of doing it, but it is, yeah, it's a tool. It's a tool to access the unseen world. But it's not like I've always been scared. We've talked about this, that like you're going to pull a card that's going to tell me I'm going to die in a week. It doesn't work that way, though. It's, it's more like... Open to interpretation. Yeah, right? it is so open to interpretation. <laughs> it is so open ended. Like, I cannot quantify how open ended this is. Have I mean, you guys watched Shit's Creek? Sort of. Yes. You know, when Twilight, Twilight gets into tarot cards and she reads Alexis's cards and she's like, oh, you're going to drown. And then later she's like, this is so weird. This is like the eighth <laughs> drowning I've had this week. <laughs> It's just like, there's really no, it is very open to interpretation. It is. It really is. But the way that, I mean, like the way that I have interpreted it, like every single card has, 
spectrum of meaning. You could go the negative route, you could go the positive route, you could go the neutral route, or you could go a combination. Like it's just, and every card combined with another with another one like has a new meaning. It's like one plus one equals three. You know, so it's so open ended. Just so like listeners know, my my palms are on my face. It is so open ended. Like you have no idea. Yeah. You might have to cut this out, but my mom's cousin claims to be psychic, but we, like, and my whole family very much believes in the higher world. We believe in psychics. We believe in mediums. We don't think she's psychic. Um, she's just not. <laughs> she's just not. And she tried to, like, get me to try to go into different dimensions, like, when I was younger, and she would, like, do this weird thing with her fingers and be like, oh, we're going to go into dimension three, but like, we weren't allowed to go into like dimension seven or something. I don't really remember. Is this like making, do you know what these dimensions are? Like, yes, yes. I. This sounds familiar to me, but that sounds irresponsible as well. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Oh boy. I understand that she would want to do it with kids because kids are very, very open. Kids are the purest channels you could Mm-hmm. possibly get right next to animals yeah there are like i'm not the authority i have a very basic knowledge but there are different realms we are in 3d 2d i think is like the uh, in my head is like the rock world it's like the world of rocks that exists underneath the earth that, like it's like that kind of thing and then 4d is like oh it, it looks like this one except like maybe there's like a hand over there it's not attached to a body because there are no laws of physical physics here you know and then 5d is like when when the ghosts and shit start coming in where 5d is like not high enough where ghosts meaning like unresolved energetic beings exist but they're still there because it's like more fluid and then like six seven eight nine ten that's when you get up to like archangels and like the universal consciousness that some people call God and some people call universe and some people call Allah and some people call Hashem and like all this stuff. So yeah, this sounds... <laughs> that makes a lot of sense to me. Me too. And I feel like, yeah, again, it's all very fuzzy. I was very young when she told us about it, but I just remember being like, this bitch is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but coming from you, it sounds so much more possible. <laughs> oh, it's all possible. It blows my mind. Like, Oh, when I was first realizing the extent to which I was naturally intuitive and that it would only get stronger if I paid more attention to it, it freaked me out because like it occurred to me one day, I like woke up and I was like, oh my God, I can know anything I want. No, everything is so expansive. It blows my mind. There's like this world, but then there are like a billion other ones. And I don't know what I don't know, but I don't, I know that I don't know a lot. It is really overwhelming, but exciting. And I think that's why like religion is so popular because it takes a lot of these concepts and ideas and distills it down into an understandable narrative. But something that I've noticed, and I'm sure a lot of other people have noticed, is that during times of crisis or sadness or struggle, people really turn to spirituality in any form, whether or not they were religious or spiritual before that event diddy how do you feel about that like is that frustrating to you You're like oh now you're finally paying attention or you, it's just you are looking for answers and like, where have you been that does not no it doesn't frustrate me it's more like it, it, to me the way i often experience it from the outside is like oh you like it's us it's it's terrifying sometimes it's terrifying to 
know about something unseen, but like, it's just, it's terrifying. But sometimes something extreme enough has to happen for you to even begin to act, like make it okay for yourself to acknowledge that, oh my God, maybe there's more to this than I am aware of or feel comfortable immediately accepting. And also it's like, Sometimes extreme events break down any barrier you might have. Like you, Mm -hmm. the only word that feels accurate enough is surrender. Like you have lost control. You have no control over this thing. And all that is left to do is to just surrender to whatever it is that's in front of you or around you or consuming you or whatever. And like in that space of essentially giving up, the door busts open and you're like, all right, well, here I am. Mm-hmm. At the same time, people also often will abandon religion or spirituality when things don't go the way that they would have hoped. And I, I, I don't really have anything else to say about that, but I just think it's worth noting that it goes both ways. It does go both ways. I've, I've witnessed that in religion and also in the metaphysical world. Yeah. We normally, we, this question seems so idiotic compared to everything we've just been talking about. But we normally ask our guests, what is your go-to bagel order? <laughs> Do you want to tell us? Oh, Frankel's Deli. Oh my God, I love Frankel's. It's so good. But I would get a, I think it's a number two. I think it's a number two. It's. I would get it, it's a, a, a bagel, a rye bagel. No, 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 a pumpernickel bagel. With oh, I love I pumpernickel. Mm-hmm. So pumpernickel good. bagel with lox. Cream cheese, capers, red onions. Here's my girl. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so good. And it's, oh, oh, my God. And sometimes I would get one of those rainbow, I don't know the name of it, just like a rainbow cake thing. It's like an omelet. Oh, like the Italian cookies? Rainbow cookies are actually the product of, they started as an Italian cookie. And then the Jews, because it used to be the the colors of the Italian flag. Mm -hmm. um, And then the Jews who weren't Italian, took that same recipe from Italy, but made it a rainbow cookie. So it's actually a Jewish-Italian cookie, and I'm Jewish and Italian, so <gasps> those are my favorite cookies. If you were a cookie, that would be you. Oh, my God, you're delicious, JC. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> this was so fun and mind-blowing, and I want to talk to you This was my favorite part of the week, and it's Monday, and I know it's going to be my favorite part <laughs> of the week and the month and maybe of the year. <laughs> Oh my gosh, this was so fun. I could talk forever about all of this, but thank you so much for having me, guys. I've, oh, this is, listen, I don't like Mondays, Moon Days. It should be a chill day, but it's not. It's it's ruled by the moon. We're supposed to chill today. We're supposed to chill and reflect, but I guess that's what we did here. So, yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us, Diddy. That was mind blowing, amazing, incredible. Wow. You can follow her on Instagram at Diddy, D-I-D-I underscore Beck, B-E-C-K. If you're a fan of the show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or listen for free on Spotify. And don't forget to rate and review us. Maybe leave a comment if you're feeling uh, like you want to write something. If you want to support our show financially, check out the support section on our anchor page. Just search Pray For Us on the website. If you want to follow us on Insta, our handle is Pray For Us at Pray For Us Pod. And if you feel like it, send us a note at prayforuspod at gmail.com. Shabbat shalom. This podcast has been mastered and mixed by the one and only Josh Fisher. Yay, Josh. We love you, Josh. Yay.